0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.
1: Like anime? Like Epica? Hear Dutch symphonic metal giants Epica cover the anime Attack on Titan theme songs on the band's newest EP, Epica vs. Attack on Titan Songs. The EP is available on CD and color vinyl at NuclearBlast.com. Once again, Epica vs. Attack on Titan Songs. The EP is available on CD and color vinyl at NuclearBlast.com.
0: When you need a companion the most.
1: Lord give me strength.
0: He'll be man's best friend. The light, it's it's so
2: bright!
1: Is that a dog? What's it say on your collar, boy? God? No way. God equals dog. Hey, can I pet your dog? Sure. Wow, I want to forgive my whore ex-wife. And I feel a whole lot less racist for some reason. He's got that effect on people. He works in mysterious ways. Hey, buddy, get your dog's nose out of my crotch. I am so sorry. He's usually not like this. Yeah, well, oh, wait. I can't believe this. My Janet Awards just fell off. This is a miracle. And he'll protect you from evil.
0: Oh, cute dog. What, what's his problem?
1: I'm sorry, but are you a scientist?
0: Yeah, how'd you guess? Please don't take this personally,
1: but my dog holds grudges. Dog equals God. Pick up his poop and he'll cure your AIDS.
0: Sniffing your way this winter. <laughs> It's the
3: Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. What is going on, everybody? It is I, your host, uh, Petter Spych. I am always joined by... Pick up his poop and he'll cure
1: your AIDS. That's that's your good name. <laughs> My name is Brandon Gooch <laughs> Hahn. And you, <laughs> son of a bitch, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And...
0: Uh, why are you being Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino right now? Because
1: I'm looking at a... Reflection of myself in the mirror. And I thought it would <laughs> I
3: felt Make appropriate. I felt appropriate.
0: I'm Joslyn Sharp, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joslyn Sharp.
3: And you guys can follow me at Rise to Offend on Facebook, Twitter. Rise to a fan official on Instagram. This week, guys, we get to talk to Roy Mayorga from Stone Sour. I'm really excited to get this interview. One of my first major punk rock bands was a band called Nausea. He was in the tape that I had, and we do discuss that in the interview, guys. But their reissue of Hydrograd, it's Hydrograd 2.0, special edition two discs, is coming out August 31st, guys. So make sure you pick that up. We will be playing a track off that special edition. After the interview. And before that, guys, we always love to talk about the Metal Sucks news. Last week, we had this story that we just fucking adored about these two elderly people. Broke out of a retirement community, right? And then they, they, they went over to the Wacken Metal Festival.
0: Hans, I have to march. In Germany.
1: <laughs> it was a beautiful moment. And we were like, oh, this is such a happy story. Hans, I, almost, I only have so many days to seize before I die. Hans, Hans. I, I need to go to the festival.
3: And a correction of that story... That, that's the one version that we told
1: yeah. last week that it's, we all loved. Yeah, it's really cute when you imagine like a bunch of old people, you know, maybe they got those, you know, those hospital gowns like their old asses are flapping in the wind, they're all breezed out. And Sipping that,
0: on the insurer. Yeah.
1: I, I see Pacino and De Niro headbanging to fucking Demu Borgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just happy. Snacking on prunes. <laughs> cutting Slayer into their arms, you know.
3: Well, that was not the story that we all, we were all reported last week, we were all excited. The, the real Real story, guys, is that uh, two elderly men did escape. Uh, their ages were 58 and 59, but not from a retirement uh, facility. They escaped from a mental health facility. That puts a damper on <laughs>
0: does That changes the story to, Hans, the demons tell me I need to much <laughs> Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's one thing when you got only, only so many grains of sand in the hourglass, and you're like, I gotta do this shit or else it's the end. And meanwhile, yes. meanwhile, when one of your other personalities is talking you into doing something.
0: Well, we couldn't figure out why they were so young and in a nursing home. Yeah. Yeah. And then now this makes sense. They weren't in a nursing home. Yeah,
1: because last week we were even asking the question. We're like, wait a minute, 50 years old. It's like that Louis C.K. joke. It's like when you hit a certain age, it's like a, nobody's like, oh, you know, I helped an old, I helped a 50-year-old man across the street the other day. <laughs> right. No, it doesn't, right. that doesn't happen.
0: He's still young. Right. And, but now that we know that they were just mentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still young, but very crazy.
1: So it's just.
0: <laughs> so they yeah. broke
3: out for the, to this mental health facility. They broke out from the mental health facility. And as reported, they were
1: going to go to the Vakin Festival. Well, no, that didn't happen either. Fest- Jesus Christ! How fucking wrong was this story?
0: <laughs> Who told this? Who wrote Did the I, uh, story? A four-year-old?
1: Exactly. <laughs> some guys broke out of a mental. Some guys broke out of an old folks' home and they went to the metal festival. Oh, uh, correction—they uh, actually broke out of a mental facility and went to McDonald's. Totally different. <laughs> so here's your totally link. different. Here's your link. Yeah. The
3: festival goers called police after finding the two helpless, disorientated, and intoxicated men waiting for a bus home at the Main Street stop after the buses had stopped running at three am saturday police brought them to a first aid station and then later in the morning sent them home in a taxi arranged by a care home about 30 kilometers so
0: there was still a festival involved it was just people from a festival going to have found them bus
3: stop yeah what happened yeah. <laughs> so
0: it's not going to a, you're like,
3: the, the bus stop near the festival is where they yeah. were found
1: did one of these guys uh, look like a giant native american and did he throw a sink through a window and that's how they escaped
0: wow that's a very deep cut I that is, don't know what that's an extremely called one <laughs> flew over the cuckoo's nest <laughs> yes your, it is
1: <laughs> your boy reads books you know you saw that movie I did see yeah. the movie but I did read the book
0: <laughs> that's so fucking funny to me like that well I mean that makes sense why the story would come that way because it was festival goers that found them but can you imagine like leaving a music festival and then just two crazy dudes in like ni- you know they had like backless nightgowns on or something it wasn't like they had normal clothes on but then Again, though, if it is, if it, if it, well, where do they go? And they're well, intoxicated. They're intoxicated. Where? But like, did they? But did they even go to
1: the festival? No, they're at the bus stop. The bus okay, stop so next to the festival. the festival. <laughs> so, okay. First <laughs> at 3 off, first off, for anyone to call the cops on two people <laughs> outside of a metal festival when there's so much other chaos going on, they're like, "Whoa, these guys are really standing out." <laughs> Get them out of here. It's like
0: when your friends with your your poor friend invite you over to go to the drive-through movies, and their mom parks across the street because you can still tune the radio. Oh, yeah, you yeah. get the sound for the movie.
1: Yeah, you can see the uh, you can see the screen from way far away. <laughs>
0: see, I think I'm watching
1: Independence <laughs> Day, or it could be Elf. I think technically that is at the festival, though.
3: Yeah, the bus stop. I don't know. I'm not going to give the bus stop. I'm, I'm sure you can hear the reverb. I want to know.
1: <laughs> I just want to know, like, what, well, what where, were they intoxicated on? I, That's what I want to know. I just got to know. Were they wearing hospital gowns? Yes. Okay.
3: Oh, we don't been. know. We, we, it doesn't say. I mean, let's, No, no, you know what? Considering how this story has ended up, let's just say yes, they were. You know what?
0: Let's just make up the rest of the story ourselves. <laughs> they were wearing up. hospital gowns. They were on heroin. Yeah, so
1: what they happened were doing, was... They
0: were doing coke.
1: They found two guys at a bus stop. One had a Hannibal Lecter mask, <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> the other one was dressed like Blade. Yeah. I suppose,
0: yeah. <laughs> the other one admitted to assassinating JFK. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> the other one had a bunch of uh, numbers scrawled on his... Uh, car. Into his arms for how many people he murdered. <laughs> Did I take it too far? No, okay. can you?
0: No. How, how would you I even? So. I mean, what would you do? Like if you're just too crazy. Because if they're in a mental health facility, I imagine they're crazy. Like crazy enough that if they're intoxicated at a bus stop, it would be like those kind of people that we Jocelyn, walk you to should around be, to avoid. You know what Jocelyn, I would
1: do? You should be a detective because if they're, they're like, if they were in a mental facility, I could just assume they're crazy.
0: Oh, shut the fuck up. So shabby. <laughs> you, you know
3: what I would do if That's i found getting you know what I would do? I would email all the metal news websites <laughs> Oh, that two elderly people escape from a retirement mm-hmm. home to visit Vakin. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do I would and ad- see
1: if I would it ad- catches fire. I would <laughs> intentionally fuck up a podcast and make another pod and make said podcast apologize a week later for getting the story <laughs> completely wrong. I just love how they're like, yeah, next like, week,
0: tune in to hear us talk about two guys that escape a nursing home to attend, uh, another metal festival. No well, here's
1: what I want to know is like, did they just go, did they, did they escape the mental festival and they were just like, the
0: mental festival? Not
1: mental festival. <laughs> That's yes. what I call That's it, what it. That's what they need to do. That's what they need to
0: That's what I call PMS. Did they, yeah,
1: the mental festival.
0: <laughs> Did you get your passes yeah. yet? It's dude, just, yeah. I can get you VIP. Yeah, with Josla's
1: PMSing, there's food trucks parked outside her her uh, house. You 100% know, for, I wish for was all true. the homies, for everyone to party. She likes to make it a festival. She crying. wants a lot of people to know what's happening. No, like I just got to know, like when they when they decided to escape the mental facility, was it like, okay, we're gonna go to the we're gonna go to this metal festival, or was it just kind of like, dude, I've always wanted to park it. I've always wanted to party at this bus stop. We gotta go right here. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's this bus stop I've been imagining partying at for years. It's been on my bucket list. I
0: need the part of the story that we're missing. There's a whole part of the story in between the mental facility and the bus stop where they got got intoxicated. Oh,
3: I I got it. I got it all. Tell us. It's as simple as it simply can possibly be. Two guys broke out of a mental health facility. That facility somehow was in lieu of where Vakin was taking place. Those guys got cheap liquor and got drunk at a bus stop, and then it happened from there. That's it.
0: That's all it took. So they bought a couple 40s. It's, yeah. it's it as simple sure. as that.
1: They, so they broke out
0: the
3: oh, mental
1: facility. They probably stole the drinks.
3: Let's just say they stole the drinks. Let's give it some cinematic elements. So they stole some, some C- vodka. They stole some Colt 45s. Yeah, but and, here's uh, the
0: thing: if you're in a mental health facility, you're wearing like a robe and like drawstring pants. Well, and, like, well is that but, true
1: though? In in see, Europe, th- see, that's the thing: like we don't know how it is in Europe. And on top of that, too, like oh yeah, because
0: Germany's so known for their their wide berth of accepting of different outfits. <laughs> yeah, they're real accepting. All I'm saying is, is like if
1: they might they might have been dressed like a, like a nurse. You know how they like wear the scrubs? So I, oh I, yeah,
0: I, maybe they maybe they stole like a nurse's scrubs to get out.
1: Oh, I know what happened. You guys want me
3: to Please tell us?
0: <laughs> We are enjoying this.
1: but yeah. I
3: like how Pete's just he's letting us spec. Went,
0: he's fucking dumbledore us. He has all the answers yeah. and he's not giving us. I love how Pete's just letting
1: us speculate going off into left field. No, I'm
3: making like, no, all no, this no. up. Oh. I, if you guys, what, oh, what are, you when I say it? I know
1: this, I'm making this up. Oh, this oh, is a historic.
3: Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. They They both escaped wearing white t-shirts and jeans. Okay, and
1: that's. True. <laughs> I
3: don't know no, if it's true it's like, or not. I don't know. Like what? To
0: be
1: like. I thought you were going to say something funny. He's like T-shirt. She's really wow. So everybody. So the guys escaped. They look like Fonzie from bit. Happy Days. They all look like Uncle Jesse
0: from Full House. Jump into the fire.
1: I just got fired. Yeah. 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 Dude, yep. that was a long time ago.
3: <laughs> that was ages ago. All right. So, anyways, guys, moving on. That that is. Uh, hopefully, I there's I a. Cried. Third, hopefully, there's a third so part to this story next week where there's so much. I more. hope they
0: keep escaping and getting <laughs> mistaken. For doing cooler things But they're just always Drinking in a bus stop Yeah
1: <laughs> Part three is those guys Get a lobotomy and that's pretty much...
0: <laughs>
1: Game over they, they wrapped up the trilogy There's not gonna be A fourth one
0: Nurse Tildy gets real tired Of dragging him back Yeah hand. no
1: shit They're not gonna make They're not gonna do Like a, a fourth born movie It stops at three Game over The
0: next time they party It's just Weekend at Bernie's time. No shit <laughs> A couple of nurses Take them out With sunglasses
1: we're going to the bus stop. Shit's <laughs> going to get crazy. Go. Stop. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. It's
3: All right. so funny. Next. Sto- no,
1: I love to do it dude, when I read it this week.
3: Next story, guys. You guys ever wonder why um, when Machine Head's doing press, Rob Flynn's the only guy that does interviews? Did mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. ever yes. stop and you think, hey, you know what? There's, there's Dave McClain. Tell us
1: more. There's 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 Phil. There's Jared. There's other guys in this band, but it's always Rob Flint. Well, he's probably the only one
3: wearing white assu- T-shirt
1: and jeans. <laughs> so.
0: I just assumed they were all mute.
1: Well,
3: Phil Demmel sent out a little message saying that he is not allowed to do press for Machine Head. Let's break that down. Why do you think he's not allowed to do press for Machine Head? Here's my fa- I've got a theory. <laughs> if You've got a theory. <laughs> I have a theory.
1: <laughs> Let's go with Brandon's theory first, then Joss. My theory is this. Okay, when you look at the Metal Sucks podcast, for example, just us three. Yeah. You wouldn't want me doing.
0: You the- would 100 percent not be allowed to <laughs> yeah, do press. You would ever. not want me
1: to do that because w- I without don't have us a saying it, Reddit Reddit is not allowed to do press for this
3: <laughs> podcast. We don't have to say it, but like if, if something's offered, we'd be like, "Hey, Josh, you want to do this? No, Pete, you want to do this? Okay." <laughs> All I'm saying is the
1: language is a little too free. <laughs>
3: And the way news stories are, are put together today, your free language can get us in a lot of That's trouble. That's what I'm getting. <laughs>
1: right? at. I'm not saying I would be. I'm not saying I would go like far, or like far hardcore right.
0: So you, you know, you're but, saying that Phil is the Brandon. I'm saying Machinehead. Phil is the
1: one who doesn't have a filter. Let's put it that way. He's filterless. Phil.
0: Here's the, but here's the thing. <laughs> That's
1: your theory, Jocelyn, What's your theory on this?
0: I, my, my imagination just runs wild with things like this because I think it's hilarious that he's never done press, but everyone that knows him just goes. mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. you don't speak to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> you don't talk. <laughs> get in the closet, close
1: the door. We'll get you when we're ready.
0: Hey, Phil, you know how you always sound like a piece of shit when you talk. Um, <laughs> if you could not do that, on behalf Look, of the band.
1: <laughs> could you put a pa- Could you like put a patch on your skin or something? You know, something that'll help you stop talking like a piece of shit. Actually, we don't know that, Phil. We're just we speculating. Don't. We're speculating. You're but... probably a super wait, nice wait, guy. Wait, wait, wait. Was your joke like a like, like a, a nicotine stop, patch? like a yes. nicotine patch? Make him not saying asshole yes. things. Yeah, you guys are my patch. That's a, <laughs> You guys have no idea how much shit gets edited out. That I listened to the episode and I'm like, Pete, what the fuck? And then I, You're then not he's
0: not like, a fucking patch, uh, a fucking like, tarp.
1: Oh, okay, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Just cover me. I'm all moldy. If, if I didn't edit you out, do you think we'd still be working here? No. We're <laughs> fucking in.
3: That's like a guarantee. Uh,
1: Jocelyn, your theory. Go. I will say this, I, There are times that I've listened to the show, and I'm like, man, what the fuck, Pete? And then I'm like, yeah, good move.
0: <laughs> My theory is, is that there's something buried somewhere deep in the annals of journalism that he said once, and that the entire band just went, we can never.
1: Yeah, yeah. all it takes is one all it takes is one bad time you gotta yeah. put your best foot forward
0: or dude. like he was talking to a fan backstage and he was she was like how come you guys aren't talking to me and he was like I thought you're fucking dumb and they were like no nope, yeah. you're not the one to talk to the public
1: yeah they asked Phil they're like hey so when's the new album coming out he's like man N words be tripping whoa <laughs> dude don't no no, no don't and dude, now I... someone throw the tarp on Brad <laughs> we just lost did we mention that <laughs> we, just gained, we just gained a one star review on iTunes because of that did you tarp because of tarpless gooch. <laughs>
0: tarpless
1: gooch? I mean, we're right here, bro. The patch is going to be
3: closer.
0: <laughs> Still a, happens. I have a feeling tarpless gooch might be a bit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we might have to do tarpless gooch. This is what I think. Ready? Okay. Now, I'm going to go back a couple of years. But okay. Adam, Adam Deuce, their former bass player, he used to talk in the media and say shit like, Rob Flynn won't let me do songs, and kind of make it look like there was beefs backstage behind Machine Head. So I think Rob was like, look, dude, I don't want this. Let me just do all the press because, you know, I'm the most incendiary character. I've got the most opinions, and I don't want people to think there's beef backstage. So I think he just said the kibosh of it. He's like, I'm going to take over all that shit. All oh, you guys got to do this. Or Phil used to pass out on stage all the time. You guys remember when Phil used to pass out on <laughs> yes. stage all the time? always fun. Yes. About that. I think that yeah, yeah, I think that maybe they think he'll like he'll he'll pass out like my own private Idaho. Are you like, serious? Yeah, you really think they're going to be asking uh, like hey, during so, interviews? So yeah, they just so, uh, they're like,
1: fill my pass out. So let's not. Keep, that was my part two to yeah. it. Phil, okay, Phil, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're over you? here talking to him, and he's just like, so what do you think about the new album? And he's just like. Uh... <laughs> New England clam chowder, Stop. and he just zonks out. Yes, I think that's the second possibility. <laughs> that he's, he got, just, he, he's like, he's, they just ask him a serious question, and all of a sudden his brain starts to go thin, and he's just like, whatever happened to Runts? Remember those? P-? And he just fucking pops out. Uh, what did happen to Runts? That candy was... It. There it's still around.
4: Runt's
0: still You around? can find it in the dollar bin at one point. <laughs> wait, <more> wait, <laughs> wait,
1: wait, wait. Did I just cover you with my tarp? You, no, just, you did. Just, yeah,
0: Weirdly, you went the right. other oh. way. Oh,
1: yes, I'm getting the power back
0: i <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel. I mean, I, I agree with that mentality. I think a lot more bands would be more successful if they're like, "Dude, you just take point. We're just going to fucking play music. You deal with that shit." Because that's a lot of. The, I mean, we talk about bands yeah. all the time that are giving us mixed messages.
3: I think it's very important to have one voice for your band. I sometimes. think. It's,
1: I think that is important only because, again, you say the one one wrong thing, yes. all of a sudden everyone's affected. Yes, and that's and
0: and you see that happen a lot with bands. And it wouldn't look good if somebody was like, "Phil, what, how do you feel about you know the racial tension and the right-left tension and." music today and he was like
1: <laughs> <laughs> matter of fact that's how i want to do every interview from now on they're just like they ask me like a super tough question and, I'm like, <laughs> and then i wake up I, I have like one eye open or did they buy it <laughs> as a guy that does the interviews
3: on this show i hope that's not a trend because <laughs> i won't know how to react you know and then the the media can Twisted up like they're fighting. Think about the retirement home versus the mental hospital. That happens. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's a completely, game of telephone. It's a game of telephone. Like sometimes these stories. So oh. jump into the fire. <laughs> I got fired. <laughs> oh man. Okay, moving on, guys. So the next thing we want to touch base on real quick. uh World Dane passed late last year. I want to say in 2017. We are huge fans of Nevermore. Huge fan of everything you're doing, and uh, they are going to put together his final solo record, Shadow Work. Now. When something like this comes out and it's posthumous and we know that a lot of it's going to be demos and things like that, do you even care? Or it's just great to hear these songs? I just want to hear it. Yeah.
0: I mean, you miss people when, I mean, even as far away as a, as a musician that you love when they're gone, you kind of, every time you think back to the fact that that hole is missing in the world, it, it makes you sad. But then having something like this is like, you know, it's, it's, it's really neat to have that. Especially the
1: fact that he wrote those lyrics. I yeah. mean it's like wouldn't you like to hear his message? Like I mean I just wanna <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I I'm kidding. No I'm just <laughs> <I got> <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, but honestly, though, I mean, yeah, especially the fact that he's the one that wrote
0: those right. lyrics. Right, it's like uh, that's, hearing him talk why, from beyond
1: the grave.
3: Yeah, I mean,
0: there's something very special about that. Yes.
3: There, there was a record put out by Blind Melon, who I think is a fantastic band. I don't care if uh, metal fans don't. But they put out a record called Nico, and it was just like Shannon. They had a, a, a one of the songs was him singing on a voicemail. Be like, I got this song idea, and he sang these lyrics on a voicemail. And it was just like 14 tracks of just kind of, Put together stuff after he died, I want to say a couple years after he died. and it was it's just a magical thing to have.
0: I mean think you about know? how what's getting popular now in, in comedy and music and entertainment as a whole is people want to see they're less interested in the final product in, as they're in in the process. They like see, watching documentaries of how musicians tour. they like I mean they're playing in theaters now. I mean these big uh, you know pop musicians are playing documentaries about their tours in theaters where kids go and watch it. It sells out. It's a, it's a huge blockbuster because people are so interested in the process. And even if it's imperfect, it's this beautiful thing that's part of the process that made them who they were and why you miss them.
1: You're right. You're right. It's almost like I expect, like, what would happen if they did, like, a, a, a hologram? You know, like, you know, I mean, could you see something like that happening where it's like, you know... It they, did happen with Dio? Yeah. Well, they sell out, like, a bus stop and then, like, they show... <laughs> Just all these people just crowd the bus stop. Just Would you boners it. in the mosh pit yourself or something? Just so we don't have yeah. to. Boners
0: in the mosh pit.
1: So many sounders.
0: That
3: sounder from now on means Brandon double down. Yeah, this joke. that's
0: <laughs> that means that means anyone double down on their joke. How about that? I'll make one for myself. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'll make a double down.
0: Gooch gets his own.
3: Hey look, man. It should I just
0: keep... be the sound of a tarp flapping.
1: <laughs> the next thing we want to talk
3: about, guys, before we get into our interview with Roy Mayorga from Stone Sour, is that uh one of our, our favorites on the show, Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die. He uh, kind of got into it a little bit on a uh, Twitter post. What he, what he posted, we'll say what he posted and then what, what came back at it. He posted <clears throat> about his uh, finishing up the warp Tour, the final warp Tour. On a personal note, with over a half a million tickets sold to warp this year, I didn't see a single MAGA hat. Now, MAGA hat is a Make America Great Again hat, correct? Mm. Okay. And I looked, say what you will about the band's playing. You can't deny that the kids of summer are going to be okay. And then uh, someone with the wonderful name of Uncucking Believable. <laughs> 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 wow. Which is, uh, wow. <laughs> that was a stretch. On Twitter, which is, at, I don't want to say his hashtag, but "Uncucking believable is his name. He said, uh, I, used to really, I used to be really into every time I die, but your anti-Trump snot nose rhetoric has really turned me off. Thanks for alienating half your fan base, Dick. Smart business move. And, and Keith Buckley responded like, we don't need or even want your money. Take a hike. Well, that's not where it ended there. Oh, it, 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 I wish it did end there. But then the next thing is uh, uncucking believable. Came back with, hashtag proud is going to show up to the next show. Watch it, bud. And then Keith's like, you know what? Let these frumpy motherfuckers show up to an every time I die show.
1: Well, uh, what are Proud Boys
0: they're like this uh, they're basically
1: antifa they're the, i don't, they're,
3: I they're don't the, follow the
1: nonsense they're the far right's answer to antifa that's kind of their
0: messages I that they don't want to pol- apologize for modernizing the rest- western world basically yeah mm. basically they're just like we're white i'm not going to apologize for it yeah
3: that's proud boys
1: that's okay. pretty much
3: it yeah. so and then buckley just said the last words at what point in my 25 year involvement with socially conscious hardcore punk scene did i give anyone the impression that i would pander to bigots Question mark. My band doesn't need you. Nobody does smash Nazis at every turn. So Buckley took a hard stance, which, you know, is okay. It's his band. He doesn't want their money. He doesn't want their money. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I,
0: I I mean, I agree with that. I feel like there's artistic integrity in that, if that's what you choose.
1: Yes. How? However, do you guys think that... Uh, I think... This is what I think. I think if you are so hardcore one message, right? It's bad. I think it's... The only reason... I can understand him not wanting to be associated with that. I get it, you know, but how are you going to be able to really make a difference? Again, all you're doing is just firing up the people that are already on your side. Yes. So how do you, so how do you help your message grow? You have to show, you have to make your message grow by showing the opposition that you're the bigger person by making them realize that, you know what, maybe I should give them a chance. Maybe I should give them a chance to explain themselves. But when you take a stance like Buckley you're already proving them right. You're already making them, you know, th- if they thought that the, fu- if they thought like people that lean left were evil, well, he just showed them, he gave them a reason to believe that.
0: Well, put, put, oh, really?
1: I, no, I mean, by, by, by telling them, fuck you, you're a bigot, I don't need to listen to you, and just like taking that kind of a stance, like all, of, you're just, you're just proving them right.
0: Okay. In their heads. In it's, their heads. It's not that he did that, it, like, outwardly, objectively. It's okay. that in their heads, it justifies their own thought process. Yeah, you,
1: you backed up their previous beliefs that you could have easily... You know Ignored Ignor- Not not ignored That that you, that you you that there, there was a chance That maybe you could have Got them to see your point well, of
0: view What people are missing nowadays Is part of the human condition Is looking at somebody In their face and going I see that you believe Something different than, than me And I accept that 100% But that doesn't mean I'm going to exclude you From my life experience mm-hmm. Because we all live together In this world I'm not going to exclude someone For having a different religion People would be Absolutely bonkers Insanely pissed If he had tweeted out That he excluded a religion From his show But because it's a Political belief system It's okay for us to go Well fuck that person and they're evil. Not saying that some of them aren't. I'm not saying that there's not a lot of them that are. I'm just saying that they that's not the way that we make progress. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And so Norma Jeans, Corey Brandon, he uh, he did respond to that in a way, saying that hashtag MAGA hats are welcome to a show, Hillary shirts are welcome, gay pride flags are welcome, pentagrams are welcome, upside down crosses, duck dynasty shirts, yada yada, yada. He's just saying everything that is welcome to an Norma Jean sh- show, bring all that of- so so-called offensive crap. Meaning that music's supposed to, everybody has different values, everybody has a different system. Music brings everybody together. together. Uh, That's something that music was supposed to be from the 70s and stuff like that, not tear us apart. However, do you think that him jumping on responding to Keith Buckley's, you know, do
1: you think that's a a, a, kind of a a good thing or a bad thing? What do you guys think? I I don't think it was a smart move because. Well, then again, though, I mean, maybe he's, getting, maybe he's trying for the fans that, from Every Time I Die, the ones that he already turned off. He's like, look, this guy may not want you, but I do. It could be like that. I don't think it's a smart move, though, because it kind of does create that beef type of thing. You know, and the thing is, though, is you just don't want people on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking assholes. <laughs>
3: you don't want dissension or you don't, you don't want people with different values to, um, not be able to come to a rock show is what you're saying. You want, you want that to bring everybody together and be like,
1: America's America. It's, this isn't the place for it. It's All I'm saying is is it's better, if you have a message that you want to be heard, it's better to not exclude anyone the beautiful thing from about showing up our, to your show.
0: The beautiful thing about rock and roll is that if you look at the fan base, not, you can't pigeonhole it. You can't pigeonhole it by age, by race, by sex, by religion, by by sexual preference, there is none of that that happens in rock and roll. So
3: you shouldn't exclude any of
0: them. No, That's- you shouldn't exclude any of them. They're here They're here because they support you and they love you. And regardless of whether you have differing views, you're not going to change their mind by being a dick to them.
3: Yeah. On that note, this September, Revocation released their new album, The Outer Ones, via Metal Blade Records. The Outer Ones sees Revocation pus- pushing both the death metal and progressive elements of their signature sound harder than ever and can be pre-ordered now at metalblade.com Dot com slash revocation. Be sure to also catch the band on the road this fall for their first USA headlining tour in several years featuring Exhumed, Rivers of Nile, and Yatwa as support. Everybody, once again, Revocation, The Outer Ones. Make sure you guys pre-order this record. It is phenomenal. MetalBlade.com slash revocation. And with that, guys, here is my interview with Roy Majorga of Stone Sour. Hey everybody, it's Petter with the Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, everybody, I got Roy Mayorga from Stone, Sour. Hey Roy, how's it going, bud? How you doing, man? I am good, I am good. By the way, I just want to make sure, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, of nausea. Can I, do you, is it nausea? Or, oh, cool. Do, yeah, I got a couple of questions, not a ton, but you know, I had to bring it up. Because Extinction was one of my first punk rock records when I was a kid, even though it was kind of thrashy. It was punk, wow. It was punk to me. And
4: that's really cool. I don't hear a lot of people talk about that too much, in uh interviews these days because i mean seems like uh, it's just a far away underground scene that a lot of people seem to not know about it as much but that's really cool that you uh you picked up on it
3: that's what i'm that's gonna call cool. that's because that's,
4: yeah. that's actually the that's the first that's the first record that I, pr- I actually ever made the first proper record was it that record it. that and so i considered it my first band though i was in a couple others before but that was my first real band oh cool. that I was a part of
3: Cool man. Yeah, then I'm yeah. we're definitely going to get on that. Um we are here to talk about Hydrograde 2.0. It's coming out August 31st if you guys haven't heard uh the track they put out Burn One Turn One. That is a heavy heavy song, man. It's extremely heavy. And uh, let me ask you that. I believe you guys also do a cover of Bomb track on the second half of the uh the deluxe edition of of Hydrograde. Is that correct? We did. Is it a, is there a lot of just heavy material on that on the on this deluxe edition?
4: It's it's just a little bit of everything, you know. There's there's obviously some some bonus stuff, some acoustic stuff, and there's like the heavier stuff. The Burn One Turn One track actually that that was probably one of the first batch of songs we we wrote when we got together to uh, work on Hydrograd stuff. And Bond track was actually from the sessions we did when we were doing all those uh, covers. During the cover EP stuff, and we just kind of put that on the shelf at the time, you know, and just decided now that we should probably put that out. Um, Yeah, it was a lot of fun making that stuff, man. And uh, the Berlin Tournament track, pretty stoked that it's finally seeing the light of day. Um, Killer track, it was a lot of fun to make.
3: You did mention uh, in another interview that you guys wrote close to 30 30 songs for Hydrograd. Sorry,
4: I said Hydrograde earlier.
3: close to 30 songs. how you grad
4: yeah 28 to 30 songs roughly but then we just kind of whittled it down to what you have on the record now and then there's a couple there's a couple of them out there that, that we we liked and we're like you know these need to come out so that's why they're coming out now
3: is that normal yeah. f- for the stone sour writing session to have a, a couple extra songs because this is the first one if I if I'm correct without Jim
4: root correct so did that change things I mean it's pretty normal for most bands to write like a big batch of songs and not just write a small batch because you, you want you want to have the options you want to have you know different vibes and stuff like that to go off of you know what I mean with this yeah.
3: record last year uh, you guys did actually win an award as well for the loud the loud wire you guys won the hard rock album of the year now what was your favorite hard rock
4: album of last year my favorite hard rock album of last year yeah. Ooh, shit wow that's hard there's a, there's a couple good ones I really liked the last Korn album that came out last year. That was amazing. What else? Wow. I guess that's, yeah, I guess that's about it. (laughs) Because at that time, we were just, I mean, I didn't really listen to a lot. At that time, we were just focusing on doing our thing that I just didn't really listen. You know what I mean? But that last Korn record, that's the one I really liked a lot last
3: year. When you guys do win an award like like that at at this stage (laughs) in your guys' career where you're established and everything like that, is it still as rewarding and validating? for the work that you guys put into the band absolutely
4: absolutely i mean we we never we know really win a lot of stuff like that so to win something like that and be recognized by your peers and and that and be recognized like that it's it's definitely an honor and it's you know yeah it's great <laughs> we didn't expect that at all it's a great feeling you know especially walking out of a, out of that with uh a, a cast ha- of hand. Uh, it was a cast of uh, of Tony Iommi's hand, <laughs> and a the metal symbol. I mean, it doesn't get any more epic than that. It's pretty cool, you know.
3: Yeah, completely, man. And there, there is one thing that might might top that, and that's touring with Ozzy on his final tour, which uh, you guys are about to do. When you are, get, and that's going to be in the fall. But when you when you guys get the gig for something like that, is is do you feel extra pressure on a tour like that? Or is it just like, I'm just happy to be here.
4: We're just happy to be there. We're, we're just happy to be there. We're stoked. I mean, I, I mean, don't, I don't have any word. I have no words to express how excited I am to be doing that. I mean, to be able to do that for six and a half weeks and watch Ozzy every day like that, it's going to be great, man. I mean, we're, we're all Ozzy and Black Sabbath fans. So this is huge for us, you know, and uh, we're definitely grateful that, you know, he, he, you know, Hank us to to be the band to open up for him, and it doesn't get any better than that. You know,
3: for sure. Did you ever see Ozzy uh, before you were like in a band, like back in the day, or no?
4: No, I didn't really. I didn't see Ozzy until honestly until I uh, did Ozfest in '98 when I was drumming for Soulfly. That was the first time I'd seen him, like for real. Other than that, no, I just I just heard him on the record, and that's it. You know. I didn't really get to. I didn't go to a lot of big shows in the '80s because it just wasn't really in my agenda at the time. You know, I was stuck. I kind of stuck more into the whole punk rock scene and was involved in that and trying to do my thing and going to see shows and doing whatever I can do to to break out of the town I was living in and tour. You know what I mean? So that's basically where my head was at. But I loved Ozzy and I loved Sabbath. You know, so it was definitely a. It was definitely uh you know a dream come true to actually see them you know for the first time, and it's always a pleasure watching them play, you know it's great
3: for sure. and let's talk about that punk rock scene because I was telling you uh, before we started that one of my first I had a cassette tape of extinction by nausea um when I was growing up, and it was that's crazy. Uh, it was uh your first you were telling me it was that's the first record you ever recorded on Can, and um I always wonder about like because with punk rock records and punk rock bands the energy is so important and and all that stuff where it's like a lot of those bands will tour but they don't put out new material Um, why do you think that is for a lot of those punk rock bands do you think that energy is too hard because
4: it's so youthful no I don't think that I mean there's a lot of punk rock bands that are around back then that are still doing it and they're still they're still touring I mean bands like GBH I mean they've been around since 1980 they're still out there killing it UK subs are still out there killing it I mean Charlie Harper's like 72 years old Still fronting the UK subs and singing Stranglehold and fucking killing it. I had just seen I had just seen he posted something on Instagram last night of them playing somewhere in Europe, I'm not sure where. It's an outdoor festival and they're killing it, man. They sound great. So that's no, that that's that's not true. Oh, okay. Those bands still those bands are still doing it.
3: A lot a lot of them Those that... bands
4: still out there doing it.
3: Oh, they're killing it live, but I, I the, I'm talking about like re recording new records now. UK subs they still do, but I, I like I remember like seeing the adolescents when they put out a new record, it was like fifteen years mm-hmm. later. Um and, and it, it's so mm-hmm. hard to capture what they had. Uh in, in the even the last black, right. black flag record that, that Jin put out, I remember I was just like, Man, for you, you feel like it can be something that if a if a band is active to just keep keep that same momentum going for, in, in in a genre like punk rock. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. A-
4: absolutely. If the feeling is there and, and and you have the right chemistry, the players are still there. They still believe in what they do. Then yeah, they'll go. They'll keep going. What was the, the minute that fires out? That's that's when it's done. Yeah,
3: I, I totally you know? understand. And and what um what was that was your first studio experience? You were saying when you recorded Extinction with Nausea. Um, what was yeah. what yeah. was that experience like? How did that record come to be?
4: Well, some of those, a lot of those songs were written before I joined the band, and by the time I got in the band, I obviously, obviously I helped, uh, you know, help put those songs together more and make it fit better for you know to my playing and vice versa. Uh, we wrote a lot of those songs together later. Uh, maybe Four or five of them out of out of the ten or twelve that are on there. Um, that was my first um, time in a real studio, so that was a that was a really cool experience. Like the first time I seen a big mixing desk and that a reel-to-reel machine and, you know, a big live room. There's my drums that are in there, and it was was pretty cool, you know. And we we did it all ourselves. We had the house engineer that was in there, but um, we basically all had had a hand in it, you know. And Victor, a guitar player at the time, just graduated from an engineering school, went to engineering school for a few years, so he had a big hand in in putting that together. And that was actually my first experience really learning how to engineer myself and seeing how it's done, and I kind of just went from there. Um, it was a it was a great experience, man. Like I, I hold that time very dear to my heart, man. It was, it was a it was it was great. It was a good time, you know.
3: And how do you hold that legacy alive? Like with with so much well so much media coming at us these days, like how how do you mm-hmm. keep those memories kind of and, and and get new people to to visit stuff like like that?
4: Well, I mean. Is you can only put out so much info and tell so many people about what you've done. And like I, I'm not the kind of person that goes out of the way to tell people what I've done unless you ask me, like you just did. Mm. And by doing by doing interviews like this, this will let people know that that exists and maybe they'll they'll go and check it out. You know, there's there's footage and and video footage and uh, all over YouTube of shows that we've done in the early late '80s, early '90s. There's there's stuff on iTunes. I mean, there's you can still get it. You know.
3: And I highly recommend everybody. In fact, like, you can. Uh,
4: in fact, yeah. you can get. In fact, you can get that extinction record. It's it was re released like a few years ago, uh, and remixed by uh, Don Fury, who's another like legendary uh, producer engineer in the hardcore scene in New York, uh, Don Fury Studios. Um, he's he's uh, pretty much was part of the sound of New York hardcore, and he he recorded us and actually mixed us on that.
3: What, uh, how long did you guys tour on that record? Was there a lot of touring going on?
4: Not much I mean
3: Because
4: the band When I joined a band I joined a band in 89 And we lasted Until about 91 So we only did like A couple of them We did like Two European tours Like my first time In Europe was with them We did like A West Coast tour With like Neurosis And Glisten Max And bands like that the East Coast We did a lot of Like weekend stuff And like up and down The coast kind of thing But we never toured In the middle of the states Really Because there's a lot of people Who didn't really get the band You know um but they got us in Europe so we ended up going to Europe a lot more and did some really big tours there playing all the squats and all all those kind of places you know and uh, it was great it was a good time man it was i mean europe was a different place back then you know it was like when there was all different currencies it wasn't euros yet everything was was new and fresh and you know communism and the wall just came down and so the eastern bloc was a little bit definitely a little bit rougher and uh, um, definitely raw, but it was it was a great experience to see all that, you know, and meet all these people and learn about their cultures and and you know take that in and embrace it, you know. Oh man, yeah, that's good that's, stuff.
3: That is excellent, man. So, in and the band did have a strong political message. Do you think the songs represent 1989 more or today more?
4: Well, there's definitely a couple songs I think definitely resonate still, like songs like Cyber God. I mean, it's definitely about what's going on now with all social media and like how that's taken over everyone's brains and taken over everyone's life and basically our our singer foreseen this and wrote all these lyrics, which pretty much resonates what's going on now. It's funny it's like almost thirty years ago that song so anyone uh wants to check that song out, <laughs> you can see what I mean. It's just funny to see that like what he sung about then is happening now. It's
3: crazy. That is crazy, man. Do you have a lot of those moments, like throughout your career, where you're like, "Wow, we talked about this 20 years ago, and it's actually coming to fruition." Like these yeah, sometimes Domus moments. Yeah. No, I see. I see it all the time, man. (laughs) I have. I I listen to these. I listen to some of the older records, and I'm like, "Man, I thought this was this, and that's this now." And and there was a because there was just some sort of a, a genuine anxiety, you know, to just how the future would. Yeah, you know, back in the day,
4: my anxiety comes on these days more like, you know, what's what's the world going to be like when when my my daughter is like eighteen, twenty, you know what I mean? Like, is it gonna, what's it going to be like? Like, I that's the kind of thing that worries me. You know, that's what brings on my anxiety. Any parent, you know, I think feels that way.
3: I, I completely relate. Yeah, and and I I feel like that's a that's a great thing you brought up because i feel like what can i control i guess in a lot of ways like what can i personally do like i feel like all i can do is control like you know my home and then raise my kid right and all that stuff and hope everybody else does that but like what 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 truly is i think i I think
4: uh, i think what's only what's what's in your powers was exactly what you just said what's in front of you you could do you can you can control it and guide it as much as you can you know and and that's it, you know. It's There's it, not much else you can do.
3: <laughs> it seems simple though, if like if we all just showed our children love and the right thing, like
4: all of us, the world would be a better place.
3: Doesn't it seem simple? <laughs>
4: that's the only thing you could do. That's, that's it, the best man. that's the best thing and the only thing you can do.
3: Yeah. Yeah, dude. So hopefully yeah. so one thing that yeah. was in the news uh, uh last year was Josh Rand did step away from the band due to some addiction issues. Um <laughs> And uh, as yep. as a band, I mean, he's one of your guys' brothers. Um, do you guys change your life on the road to kind of just help him cope with this first year or something like that? Is there anything, or is it just kind of the same old
4: business? No, we, we we do. I mean, we keep a dry bus, we keep a dry um, backstage, and that's it. You know, and and just uh, we we're just we're just supportive, man. He's our bro, and we just want to make everything good for everyone, and you know, everyone can just you know live good and feel good you know what i mean
3: a hundred percent man a hundred percent um and and that's such it's just such a cool thing that he did step away was was there anybody in the band that was kind of helping him out or is it something that he just
4: decided by himself he decided by himself and he wanted to go do it on his own we supported him on it you know yeah yeah that's that's, yeah
3: that's powerful dude that's that's really cool man to hear because a lot of times a lot of times it it takes so much more you know and and that that is cool So, as we were talking about the punk rock records, what were the most important punk rock records to you growing up?
4: Most important punk rock records? Definitely Never Mind the Bollocks by Sex Pistols. Definitely Hear Nothing, See Nothing, Say Nothing by Discharge. Mm. Definitely um, City Babies Attacked by Rats by GBH. Definitely um, Black Flag Damage, My War, Black Flag, MDC, Millions of Dead Cops. Uh, I mean, those those are... important records, fucking everything from Bad Brains, like the Roar cassette, to Eye Against Eye, those are, that's all important, you know, definitely, cro Agnostic Front, I mean, I can go on and on and on, you know.
3: Would you ever want to do another punk rock band?
4: If it was for the right reasons, and with the right people,
3: you know what I mean? Yeah, what would be the right reasons, though?
4: Well the right reason it would have to be I'd want to do it with someone that felt the same way I felt and not just do it for the sake of doing it you know what I mean at this point in my life I, I'd rather just concentrate on moving forward I mean that the whole punk rock thing is with me that's still in me and and I know it's around if there's other people around that want to do that with me and then I'm into it otherwise I'm just going to keep doing what I do with Stone Sour and move forward and you know do my soundtrack work and all that but you know it's 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 a it's a certain time in my life i was 18 19 years old you know that's how i felt then to play that kind of music if I, I i don't i'm not the kind of person that's gonna force it you know what i mean i'd rather it come naturally you know what i mean if i had a call to go play in something like that of course i'd go do it but i'd have to feel it first you know what i mean not just going to go do it for the sake of doing it.
3: Yeah, hundred yeah.
4: percent, man, hundred percent.
3: Now, like you're saying, you're growing up, in, in that scene, do you remember a specific show or a, a couple shows that you saw that you think you were lucky to be at? Oh wow, wow,
4: lucky to be at. I think every show I've ever seen in my life, I feel I was lucky to be at because there's some there's some moments in there that you could just never. You'll never ever see or ever relive again. You know, I can remember the first time seeing Coc and Dri together. Um, that was important. Uh, I remember seeing Black Flag for the first time. It was around the time when my War came out. Uh, that was actually one of my first uh, punk rock shows to go to. Um, probably one of the most violent shows I've ever seen. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think about that then and there when I'm at those shows. It's something that I'll reflect on later in life. Like I'll look back and like, damn. That was a really important show. I'm really glad I was part of it and seen it. And da da da, you know what I mean?
3: Oh yeah, hundred percent. Seeing the
4: Ramones, you know, for the for the first seeing for the Ramones for the first time was great. I seen I was lucky to see them a couple times. Um, when I was a part of a band, this uh Hare Krishna hardcore band called Shelter, we were in Europe in '96, and uh, we we got to open up for the Sex Pistols a bunch of times. You know, when they first got back together, that was that was huge for me. I mean, I never thought ever I would ever see them. And to be direct support to a band like that was was huge for me, you know. That was definitely a monumental show for me. And to watch them play those songs at 110 decibels, it was fucking mind-blowing, you know.
3: Is there anybody that you uh, didn't get to see that you wish you did? Like, did you ever see the Dead Kennedys or anybody like that?
4: I did i did see the dead kennedys i saw them when franken was out and that was like probably like the second to last record that they made and then they broke up so i was lucky to see that um it was still the lineup was still dh you know dh peligro jello offer east bay ray Klaus floyd um it was great man <laughs> another another crazy crammed little show I, I, I was living in uh i was living in um in pennsylvania at the time and it was at a place called uh West Caddy Playground uh, community building. It was like this low ceiling, jammed 300 people in this little bingo-ish kind of hall, and that's where these shows were. I remember seeing them in a place like that. It was pretty amazing. It was a great time, man. The stage is about a foot tall.
3: There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man. I I mean, I, I want a scene like that to exist again for the youth, you know? I, I, I feel like it's well. There,
4: that scene, that scene is still there. That yeah. scene is still there. We just don't know about it because we're not a part of it anymore.
3: Yeah, you're right. It,
4: the, the punk rock scene is definitely is definitely alive and well. It's definitely there still. And a lot of people don't seem to think it is, but it, it really is, and it's actually it's big. It's huge. It's still there. I've seen it recently when I when I when I rejoined with when I rejoined uh, on drums with with Amoebics. Which is a huge influence to nausea. Amoebics, I don't know if you're aware of that mm. band, but they, they started They they're like the what they're called the, the godfathers of crust punk. That's what they're that's what they've been labeled as. Um basically mixing punk and metal and they just kinda came out with this, this sound, this really dirty, chunky sound that was punk but it had this metalish kind of tone to it they broke up a m- bunch of years ago like like in 1988 1987 and they got back together in 2007 I joined them I made a record with them I did some tours with them and I mean I got to say the tour that we did with them it, it was the scene after seeing that the scene is definitely still alive you know it's it's better and bigger than it ever has been if you ask me it's definitely alive man alive and kicking
3: you you own your own studio now, correct? And that's where you guys do most of your uh, the cover stuff. Or do you do? Did you record the new record there?
4: No, we did. We did all the demoing at, at my place. Yeah. We recorded actually all the cover EPs at my place. I engineered it. Um, Jay Rustin mixed it. Um, so yeah, we just did the demos at my place, and that's what kind of, that's what gave us the influence and the inspiration to go record the album in the same way. We basically recorded everything live. Uh, no click track all in the same room um, just take the song until it until it feels right and then go with that that take and then build on top of that and that's what we did in my house and that's how we did it in the studio with Jay Rustin
3: nice dude so when you when you guys decide to do covers how, does everybody bring ideas to the table or is it kind of like one person
4: <laughs> nah we all we all kind of we all kind of pitch in you know what we'd like to do and then whittle it down to To like what what you hear, like you know, like I some people see. I think Josh brought in like Slayer and and uh, Judas Priest, you know. I threw in Metallica and whatever, you know. We, we all kind of threw in our, our different, you know, influences and what we like and what the bands, you know. And just jam them out, see how they sound, and we like it, go with it, you know.
3: A hundred percent. Which one? Which one are you proudest of? I
4: know. I, I kind of. I like all of them, but the one that I really love the most—that I, I think the, the 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 cover we did of Kiss of Love Gun—I think that was like that was the first one we attempted to to put together. Well, actually, no, the first one we attempted to put together was The Dark by Metal Church. That one I really love. But the the number one, my number one choice of what I think is my favorite is definitely Love Gun.
3: Nice, dude. Cool. So I just want to thank you one more time, dude, and let everybody know that that. Hydrograd 2.0 is coming out August 31st, guys. Make sure you pick it up. It's got 15 extra songs on it. I, th- I believe, unless I'm, I'm incorrect, there's a cover of a live cover of Outshined on there. Bomb track by Rage. Seven original songs, guys, That's and then live songs, acoustic songs. It's just it's just a fantastic deluxe package. So make sure you guys do pick it up. If you don't if you don't already have a copy of the record, make sure you catch. Stone Sour, man, playing with Ozzy. I'll be seeing you guys out here in Vegas. That's where I'm at. So um, I can't wait. Oh, cool, man. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, MGM Grand. Awesome. It's going to be cool to see you guys on a live stage up there, man. It's going to be really cool. So um, with Ab- that, absolutely. Roy, man, I got to tell you, I've been a fan for a lot of years. Like I told you, I still got my cassette tape, man, of Extinction. And uh, so it's That's so cool, man. It's crazy. Oh, dude, I got it right in. I actually have my tapes lined up right in front of me. I got a. It's right next to death, spiritual healing. I want you to know right now. I'm looking at it. So, and then nice on the other side. We got seasons in the abyss by Slayer. There you go. There, there there's where where the tape is living. Right oh my now. god. Yeah, dude. I I, I I only.
4: Did you, say, did you say Seasons of the Abyss? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I only held on to the really important. You concepts.
4: know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because that's exactly the record I was listening to. What me and John, our bass player, were listening to when we were putting together an Extinction. We, that's that's all we listened to. It's funny you have that right next to it. That's cool, man. That's
3: crazy. How cool. How things like that, like coincidences like that, that is crazy. You guys were listening to that when making this record. That it's right next to. Wow.
4: When making that record, that and that mostly well, that be- between that and and uh, South of Heaven, but that one mostly because that record just kind of come out at the time, you know. Yeah. So
3: man, that's why I love wow. my job because stuff like that occurs
4: when I talk to you guys. <laughs>
3: cool. So once again, Roy, <laughs> I, I want to thank you again, man, so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast.
4: Uh, thanks for having me, man. It was great. Appreciate it. When the going gets tough, the tough becoming. Buried down
2: hard on a horrible line. Demonic by dawn, lead me to the end. I want to be dead, but I'm barely alive. So sell on mother, join up, Get to fight against a goddamn shame. What you doing to me? Give it up, ghost. taking all the credit. Another fine job, just and the dream. sucks podcast. sucks podcast
1: Doesn't matter if it's punk, metal, or rock, Rockabilia is your one stop shop for all band merch. They have over 500,000 items to choose from, hard to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else, with the largest selection of music merchandise available in the world. Doesn't matter if it's hats, shirts, autograph items, patches for your battle vest, Rockabilia will have you covered. And everything is officially licensed. Don't fall for the Chinese counterfeit band merch on Amazon or the targeted Facebook post promoting a bootleg product. If you support Rockabilia, you're supporting the artist. Been around since 1987 with 30 years of giving you the best memorabilia. And for special discounts, use the promo code PCJabberJaw. So for your punk, metal, and rock memorabilia, there's only one place to go. www.rockabilia.com Alright guys, and we are back. First song you heard is off Stone Sour
3: special edition of HydroGrad. That song is called Burn One, Turn One. And like I said before, guys, Double Disc. It's coming out August 31st. Make sure you pre-order it. Second song I had to play you guys, a track off of Nausea. That one's uh, Cyber God. It wasn't on the Extinction record, but you can pick up that song. And I highly recommend you do pick up the Punk Terrace Anthology Volume 1. It's out now. Uh, It's got all the classics from that band. And then the last song we played, we want to play something new for you guys as well. That is from a band called Parasite Inc., song is called Once and For All, and their record Dead and Alive is out August 17th. So three tracks for you guys this week. Um, We know you guys like the music. I keep hearing that. And with that, guys, I just want to apologize for everything Brandon said every single
1: episode prior to this. What are you talking about, dude? I had great points to make. (laughs) 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 The Metal Sucks Podcast
2: is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.